Do you know anyone who's good at letting things go? It's hard to find someone who lets the tough stuff just roll right off their backs because it's a practice. As far as I'm concerned, that practice is something we don't have much time for until we're reminded by wise entrepreneurs who've been there, done that, why it's the thing to do and how all the cool kids are doing it. Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Joe Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. Why? Because I run the number one platform that helps mom entrepreneurs to build better businesses. It's called The Founding Moms, and we're always looking for women who want to get better at marketing, branding, and sales. It's a pretty awesome place. You can go see it for yourself at foundingmoms.com. This week, we're going to skip the anxiety spirals, release the holding on for dear life grip, and stop grasping at straws. For the next few minutes, we're going to breathe it out as we listen to a brilliant and experienced entrepreneur who's learned the hard way how to just let go. It's time for a big business blunder. Meet Jean Sparrow. She's a renowned speaker, consultant, seven-time Emmy-winning television host, award-winning radio personality, and podcast host. She's also a graduate-level instructor at Chicago's Northwestern University. Jean helps people and organizations find success by delivering their unique, authentic value through visionary leadership, effective sales, and inspiring speaking. She hosts the Fearless Authenticity with Jean Sparrow podcast, and she's the author of the forthcoming book, Fearless Authenticity, Insider Secrets to Lead Better, Sell More, and Speak Sensationally. Her business blunder has more to do with letting go on a lot of different levels and how that's helped her business to level up. She tells it in three acts. Act one, letting go of people. When I first started my business, um, I had an accountant and tax attorney that I had been working with who was amazing. And he was handling my personal taxes and I was still on a, a C schedule at that point. I'd been doing, you know, some work via 1099s and things like that. I hadn't incorporated yet. And so he was the one, because he was also a tax attorney, he was the one who helped me set up my business and all this stuff. And he was, you know, did a great job of it. But one thing that I did not know I needed until I started the business was I needed to understand what we were doing at every step of the way because it was so new to me. And one of the ways that I wrap my head around things is by understanding them. And he was so used to people with who would say to him, here's this start, you know, who were ex more experienced business owners who already kind of knew the lay of the land and could just say, listen, I need you to do this, do this. And then he would just take over from there. And so I was asking him so many questions that I knew I was irritating him. Okay, hold up. I have to stop everybody here. She knew she was irritating him? I just won't have it. Not today. First of all, questions are not irritations, generally speaking. Second of all, questions asked of an expert 
that you're paying to do a service for you, and by for, I also mean with, has even less of this mythical irritation status than questions asked of the folks that aren't experts. I love, love, love Jean for that almost overlooked moment where she admitted that she felt her irritations were questions. But it's just not so. The more we can encourage entrepreneurs to ask more questions, the better for everyone. But I digress. He would just be like, just let me do it, Jean. Just let me do it. And I was like, no, I need to understand this. This is my first time doing it, and I need to understand. And so there was always this weird tension in um, in our meetings because I knew he thought it was taking up too much of his time. And Because you know how attorneys are with, <laughs> with their billable hours. And I get it. That's his business, right? But the, it took me a while um, because I had worked for him so long to realize that he might have been the right person at a different point in time to do to work with, but he was not the right person for where I was right then. And I ended up through networking, finding another, um, a CPA, not a tax attorney, which he completely poo-pooed when I, um, when I said I, I, ne- I needed to, you know, end our professional relationship. And he was just like, you'll never find anybody better than me. And I was just like, why is this like a relationship relationship? Like literally you do my taxes, man. It shouldn't be this difficult. But when I tell you, learning how to let somebody go and realizing that the services they provided in one situation were not right for me in a different situation was so liberating because I couldn't be happier with the uh, CPA that I have now because of the way that she operates. She explains things in a way that I can understand them and that it makes me comfortable with what I need to do. He wasn't the right person for the right time. Say it again. He wasn't the right person for the right time. Say it again. He wasn't the right person for the right time. Say it again. He wasn't. Act two, letting go of tasks. A lot of my work involves being able to be in the right headspace to create, and I just couldn't do that. And so finally, um, I had, I hit a point and I, abdicate it because I needed to um, get something done at a certain amount of time. And I had been procrastinating and procrastinating on it and finding other things to do that I just kind of threw it at her and she did it and gave it back. And she was like, okay, give me notes about what it is. And I was like, oh, this is the process. And then that opened the door for her to say to me, hey, listen, we need to get some systems going here. I need this from you. I need that from you. And then all of a sudden she started taking things off my plate because I loosened my grip on them all. And that was, I think, one of the biggest lessons I learned about letting go. Um, can I have a word with you for a second? I know you. I know you hear that you shouldn't be doing all of the administrative things. Those tasks should be handed off to an assistant or an intern. But here's the thing. How are you supposed to know what to hand off when everything feels super important? Without scheduling your meetings or writing your newsletter, or updating your website. The business won't bring in any money. Those things need to get done. So this advice that people give all the time about delegating, it's nearly impossible to know what to delegate, let alone how to create a process or a system that works for your business without asking someone. Perhaps it's time to have a conversation with someone in your life about how your week works to delineate what you need to delegate. 
three, letting go of advice. Everybody's got a way of doing something that's right for them. And the reality is, is you have to be able to see when you're getting advice, is this something that is preventing you from recreating the wheel or is it somebody just telling you their experience and you can use it, you know, as you see fit, right? And I think it's always a good combination of the two of them. People do have opinions and lots of them. Jean points out something brilliant that we forget to remember when money's been exchanged. What was once an opinion becomes expertise. Suddenly, your ability to discern its importance gets blurry. You start questioning your gut and wondering why you're having such an adverse reaction to the advice. And it often goes all downhill from there. I had a situation where I had an opportunity pop up for um, a speaking engagement. And it was, it was a bigger corporate entity than what I had ever done before. So I, w- I didn't want to lowball it, um, but I also didn't want to go too high. And I was talking to my business advisor about it. And I think I caught her at a bad time because it was like it, I needed to turn this around quickly and stuff. And she was kind of short with me um, when she was telling me stuff. But she was like, you're not charging enough. And, you know, which is a wonderful thing to hear. Like, oh, you're worth so much more than that. Right. But it's also about understanding the situation. And are you being responsive to the client? And the price that my um, my advisor told me to charge was twice what I was going to do. Now, I do think looking back on it in retrospect, I probably should have found a happy medium between the two. But I was like, she's right. I just I don't value myself and all this other things. And when I, I literally sent the woman uh, the who had inquired about it, the proposal, and she sent it back, she was like, yes, that's beyond the budget. Because she wouldn't give me the budget ahead of time for whatever reason. And I didn't understand all of those things. And I, I learned a valuable lesson because I was heartbroken because I, this was going to be like my biggest client to date and all these things and I wasn't working with her because I wasn't listening to what the client needed. Now, I think in the end it all worked out fine because I ended up with a bigger gig at the price that my advisor told me to charge later because that was what was in their budget um, and that was kind of what they, they offered, right? So it ended up being fine but it was the moment of that when I pressed send on the on the proposal I had this feeling in my gut that I wasn't doing the right thing for me and that I was doing it because I was I was listening to this business advisor who I had paid for her advice um, and all of the other lessons that she taught me which were wonderful but it was time for me to step out on my own and let go of what other people were thinking about this same situation and listen to what my gut told me. Oh, yeah. So was Jean's advisor right in the end? Or was Jean right to have felt terribly that she listened to her advisor and lost that gig? You guessed it. Neither. It's way more nuanced than that. You have to pay attention to the advice you're paying for, or else why are you paying for it? And then you have to pay attention to the type of client you're quoting, and then you have to stay attuned to where you are in your self-worth and whether it makes sense or feels comfy in that moment to charge what you think you should charge. Exhausting, isn't it? Let's not mistake the reality of Jean's discoveries, or really, one big self-discovery. Letting go of people, letting go of tasks, Letting go of advice, it all involves leaning on you, your gut, your years of experience, your intuition, 
We don't trust ourselves for a long, long time. And the entrepreneurs that do, I'd venture to guess that they'd all say the same thing that Gene did. That to me was when I felt like I grew up and became a business owner. You don't call, you don't write, do both. Text or call me at 708-872-7878 and leave me a message there. That way I can talk to you in a future episode. Then go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and leave a review. Pretty please. It helps other listeners discover these entrepreneurial stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Lindsay, Aaron, and Jean for making this podcast with me. You can find out more about Jean and hire her to speak by going to fearlessauthenticity.com. That's fearlessauthenticity.com. And hey, thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week. Music.